1: morning my name is rob daniels and welcome to visions and sound now for those that may be joining me for the very first time visions and sound is a movie tv video game soundtrack program that i produce each and every week right here on 98.5 ckwr well here we are show number 21 of 2021 and show number 1074 if you're keeping track that way as we continue into May, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Lord of the Rings that first came out in 2001. So joining me this week, all the way across the pond in Ramsgate, England, your friend and his, Jason Drury. Welcome to the show.
2: Somebody's friend at least. <laughs> yes, good morning, good, good morning everyone. Uh, uh, it's pleasure to be here again.
1: Yep. So, um before I get into before we get into kind of our memories of the of, of the Lord of the Rings and uh, you know the films as, as they went uh, yeah this week we're looking at uh, the Lord of the, the 2003 Lord of the Rings The Return of the King now after the success of Fellowship and Two Towers the Return of the King would of course be the last of the series now that the series centered itself in has cemented rather itself in pop culture it was felt that peter jackson and company could do no wrong so like i said as with all of peter jackson's movie adaptations of the lord of the rings many events timelines and geographic distances are compressed simplified and most of the major events from the book are included leaving only a very few events from the novel ad- omitted from the film, there are, however, some events in the film that are significantly altered from the novels. There are some events only seen in the film and are certain details that are not found in the books. Now, the film The Return of the King contains two major scenes that occurred in the middle portion of the novel of The Two Towers but were not included in the film version, such as the attack on by Shelob, uh, owing its, uh, basically owing to to Jackson's realigning of the events uh, from the film to fit the timeline as he described in the book's appendices rather than the main prose. However, the plot of the second half of of book three is either completely omitted, chapter called The Road to Isengard, or only shown in one scene, chapter The Voice of Saruman. Saruman's murder by Grima is only seen in the extended version of the film and is moved into the Isengard visit because of the cutting of the scouring of the Shire. In the film, Saruman drops the planter and when he is finally attacked, whereas in the book, Grima throws it at the Fellowship unaware of its value, for example. Now, Denethor, the steward of Gondor, uh, was a more tragic character in the book. In the film, Overwhelming Grief of the Death of Boromir, has driven him to despair and has given up any hope of defeating Sauron before Gandalf arrives in Minas Tirith. Thus, the muster of of Gondor is absent from the film, and major captains and generals, including uh, several of the Tower Guard and Knights of Dolarmoth, are not present. In the book, he has already ordered the, the lightning beak or lighting rather the beacons uh, before Gandalf's arrival while he refuses to light them in the film and the sequences where Pippin secretly lights them himself was invented for the movie. The film only hints at Denethor's use of the, plantier, or the pal- Palantir, sorry, which drives him mad, information revealed in the pyre scene, which includes shadow facts and is more violent in the book. Now, aware of the very long distance between, the, uh, between certain locations and the front of the outthrust battlement, uh, Jackson and Denethor has Denethor jump off the Citadel in addition to burning himself, which is always nice, on the pyre, one of the earliest changes. The end of the book, uh, spoilers by the way, Frodo and Sam leave the Shire uh, alone, meet Gandalf, Elrond, and Bilbo along the way at the Woody End and meet Gandalf the Grey in, uh, sorry, at the Grey Havens with Merry and Pippin arriving just in time to say their farewells and accompany Sam back to Bag End. In the film, however, all of the hobbits travel with Gandalf to the Havens and find the elves waiting there. So here we are. Um, it's kind of at the end of all things, we could say. And uh, so this is my take on the on the the last movie. It was I was I was on board for the Lord of the Rings at this point. It, it you know if I wasn't, it was it would have been silly. So um, but as I mentioned in previous shows, I disliked the first film the first time I saw it. And the, the kind of the reason why was the notion that basically it was, um, butted up against another long film, vanilla sky. So now two towers was again, um, I liked it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot better than I liked the, the the first film the first time. And then uh, the the Return of the King. Like I said, I was on board. I was a, a, a fan. Loved the music, and uh, actually it was one of the um, early date films for uh, my former wife, uh, Dorothea. And uh, had we had we had a, we had a ball. She was she was on board because she was a fan of the books. And uh, it's uh, it's 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 great to know also that The Return of the King was the last of the films that we watched together before she passed. So there's that. So, Jason, uh, what are your recollections of, uh, well, basically, since you haven't been here since the beginning, let's kind of give a little bit of a synopsis of how you felt about the uh, the Lord of the Rings films, and uh, then up to Return of the King.
2: Well, I always thought the Lord of the Rings films as like a date in December to go to the cinema and have a ball. Because I remember, I think you know they were released in December time. And Mandy and myself, my partner, we always look forward to Lord of the Rings films. Because in all december we're going to have a great time at the cinema watching these wonderful films. And it was, and it was like I said, day like December. The, the the theatrical version came out. Then six, five months later, you get the the extended version, and the soundtrack album came out. It's like it's all, it all all came in like one big blo- different blocks, and it was. I, I was in it from the first go, from the from the, the get go. It was the, the first film I absolutely adored, and because couldn't wait for the second film, and vice and the same for the third film. The second one, I think you probably mentioned, probably my, my partner, man she loves the second film mainly because of the Battle of Helms Deep, right. which we had, I, which we all, we both think, as very, as it's like a nod to the classic film Zulu, and it's. In terms of the, the the sea under siege sort of feel to it. I can see that. And and and, it, and it's just absolute, one wonder to behold. And I have a great memories of the third film as well. Going there and seeing, seeing well, it's like well, it's like three hours that absolutely flew by. We were right into it from the start. And some of the, some of the scenes there, some of the acting, some of the, it, just, it just 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 blew your way. It's just one of those, it's one of the great. Cinema trilogies, and it's fully deserved all the awards it has got. It's the yep. performances. Ian McKellen is fantastic. You know, the, the Hobbits are going to do other great things in the as well, away from Lord of the Rings. Right. Uh, John Noble, what, a, what an actor he is. He was superb with It's a madness was only he could produce that sort of madness. And Chris, Chris, Christopher Lee as well. Oh, it's. it's, it's oh, Brad Dorff, what, what, what a cast. Yep. It was, it was, a, it was absolutely. You know, you were. I, I could, we could, we could queue outside the Colton Cinema in Westgate and look forward to an absolute wonderful evening. And like, and you know, even really extended versions, you know, the, you know, the, the um, Return of the King we, we, we was talk, were featuring today, four hours long. It's like the shortest four hours of your life watching mm-hmm. that film. It is absolutely just once you're into it, you just. Cannot get your keep your eyes off it. It is superb. And talking in you know, about the score, Howard sure oh, Okay, I was, last night I think I told you I came back just for a bit of research to listen to the final, the Lord of the Rings, turned the King score, all four hours of it. <laughs> it I finished at eleven thirty last night. I know it's up twelve o'clock time it was eleven thirty my time. Right, like five hours ago. And it was wonderful to listen to again. And uh-huh. I, 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 I think it was it's such a superb piece superb work. I know it's like going into like the third the third innings of a hockey match in a way or, or the sort of the last twenty hours of one day international cricket. like that, but right. even though I, I got as soon as I started listening to it, I got into it and the oh it's I've it was a wonderful evening, Just Sitting back and listening to this wonderful music. It's right. it, it is an absolute joy to behold and uh Howard Shaw fully deserves all the awards he got for it. it is, Precisely. It, 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 it's just a the, the, the multitude of themes in it. it can. It, it, it's As I said before to a lot of people, I think yourself on this show, some of the greatest scores around is when you have the music and you don't even need the visuals to know what's going on. And Howard Shaw's score for all these films ticks all the boxes in that respect.
1: All right. Well, we've talked uh, about uh, the wonderful score of uh, of Howard Shore for the for the entire month here, but let's have a listen to uh, the uh, Return of the King as we're celebrating twenty and twenty years of the Lord of the Rings films. It's hard to believe, but uh, here it is, and we'll be back in just a little bit. And if you're even peripherally uh, familiar with this film, you will recognize that cue as the lighting of the beacons. Um, just an amazing piece. When I heard it in the, in the theater, I was just blown away. But Jason, um, mm. here uh, you you have something else to, to add to this.
2: I, I, I have wonderful memories in the theater, but I also remember it, remember it vividly when Howard Shaw came to London at Royal Albert Hall and performed the Lord of the Rings Symphony there. And what, listening to listening to it live was an, an experience I will never forget. It was absolutely fantastic.
1: Yeah, uh, the, the 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 score I- itself, and I mean, when you consider there's like nine nine plus hours of music in all of this, uh, in in this entire uh, uh, trilogy of, of films, and I mean, and, and and that that's not even counting the Hobbit films. Um, on top of that, uh, the, it's an amazing achievement to, to, to be able to, first of all, be able to put all this together and then just have it sound as amazing as it does. And you know, it's funny when I first heard that Howard Shore was going to be doing the music, I said, you know, Videodrome Howard Shore, um, Silence of the Lambs Howard Shore, that Howard Shore.
2: Mrs. Doubtfire, Howard Shaw. Exactly, <laughs> and
1: and I like I was like, uh, uh, and he proved me wrong. He proved he. I, I was like, it's it's. I don't know how this is going to sound, but when I heard it, I was just bl- absolutely blown away. Mm. And
2: every every major composer has a major moment in their career. Like, for example, John Williams with Star Wars, Don Davis with the Matrix. Yep. This was his chance. I was oh, when well, I heard it, was Howard Shaw... Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's see how it, how it comes out. Yeah, I've heard he's, he's a good orchestral composer. It should just could be interesting, and it turned out to be a, a phenomenon, if you can just describe it. Yeah. And you are talking about the, the music itself? It was everything was planned. Like there's little hints. If you if you, you listen to. Um, if you, if you see and listen to the uh, extended versions of the first two films, the Gondor theme is there in Little passages. Everything is set up for what happens in the third film. And it's, it's an amazing payoff.
1: Mm-hmm. I, w- I will agree on that. So if you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, contact me at visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can try me online at facebook.com visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at Visions Sound. You can also try me at my website visionsinsound.ca where the show will show up in about two hours time. And uh, yeah, so fantastic. Uh, also, oh yes, try me on uh, Apple Music. Uh, just type in Visions in Sound into your search engine on, do they still call it a search engine? I think they do. Browser? Uh, browser, search engine, whatever. Um, I just It just shows how old I am. Um, anyway, anyway, uh, just, just type in, vi- just, just type to, in visions just put, and sound into, just put
2: a penny in this slot.
1: <laughs> yes. Put it in that. Yeah. Put it in that, that slot. And, uh, <laughs> a- a- and you'll find me under podcasts. In any case, we're going to continue on with some more music from, uh, the return of the King. And, uh, we'll be back in a little bit to talk some more, but, uh, uh, onto one of my favorite sections of the. Um, while I love the the lighting of the beacons, there's a particular piece coming up that I think uh, that uh, is really cool, and that's the um, uh, Billy Boyd uh, singing that Edge of Night, um, yes. Edge of Night piece in the the Sacrifice of Faramir, which you'll hear in just a bit. So here is some more music from uh, the Return of the King. And uh, this is actually, oddly enough, disc two of four. So you'll be hearing some music from that back in a bit.
0: Behind the world ahead And there are many paths to tread Through shadow to the edge of night till the stars are all alive mist and shadow glass
2: For 25 years, Hope Spring Cancer Support Centre has provided free services and resources throughout Waterloo Wellington Grey Bruce regions, helping thousands with cancer and those supporting their cancer journey. From home delivery of free wigs and post-mastectomy camisoles to relaxation therapies. At Hope Spring, people living with cancer are supported with emotional and mental resources through over 100 wellness programs in a warm, inviting atmosphere. Hope Spring does not receive any government funding, so every donation is needed. To help, see hopespring.ca.
1: Warmer weather sure puts a spring in your step. But what about your car? Watch your car spring to life when you take advantage of tire rebates on now at Automotive Edge. Automotive Edge is your full-service automotive repair shop on Victoria Street North near Lackner Boulevard in Kitchener. Stop into Automotive Edge and enjoy your ride with Great Tire Rebates on now. If you're looking for an automotive repair shop you can trust, you've just found us. Automotive Edge, Victoria Street North at Lackner Boulevard in Kitchener and at AutomotiveEdge.ca. I spoke to a client recently who had shingles blown off his roof. He was surprised when a real person answered his call especially at night, who assured him that he had the best coverage on the market. At Jocelyn Insurance, we always make sure that you're protected. So if you have to make a claim, you don't have to worry. Jocelyn Insurance. Real people, real protection. A real insurance broker. In Cambridge, Elmira, New Hamburg, Kitchener, Tavistock, and Wellesley. Jocelyn.com. That's J-O-S-S-L-I-N.com. It's iconic. Showcasing the best in cinema. And it's right here in Waterloo Region. Princess Cinemas, Kitchener Waterloo's award-winning independent art house cinema. The princess will get you lost in real cinema. From contemporary cult films to new international, Canadian, and specialty releases. Princess Cinemas, with three screens in Uptown Waterloo. At 46 King Street North and 6 Princess Street West, Uptown Waterloo. There are lots of ways to give pandemic support. Buy merchandise, shirts, totes, bubble vouchers, gift passes, and even princess socks. It all helps, and it's all at princesscinema.com. Independent Radio, 98.5 CKWR. a little bit of music from the 19 or sorry, 2003 film, uh, going back in time there, 2003 film, the return of the King. That's music, of course, by Howard Shore. So welcome back to the show. Um, okay. So there's a little bit of extra stuff here, um, that I, that I pulled down uh, welcome back. Um, there are also cameos from Peter Jackson, uh, and a slew of others um, They all, uh, all of them, uh, all of the extras except Jackson only appear in the extended ed- edition. Uh, Jackson also has another unofficial cameo as Sam's hand stepping into view when he confronts Sheila. Uh, Sean Aston's uh, daughter plays Sam and Rosie's older daughter, uh, Eleanor, in the last scene of the film. In the same scene, Sarah McLeod's daughter plays her young, their younger son. Jackson's children also cameo as Gondorian extras, while Christian Rivers played a Gondorian soldier guarding the, the Beacon Pippin lights and uh, is later seen wounded. Royd Tol- Tolkien cameos as Ranger in Osgiliath, while the extended edition com- shows composer Howard Shore uh, he appears to be celebrating as a soldier at Edoras. Additionally, four of the designers of the Lord of the Rings strategy battle game are featured as Rohirrim and at the, uh, the Pelennor. At the end of the film, during the closing credits, each cast member gets a sketched portrait morphed with the real photograph beside their name, which were sketched by Alan Lee, an idea suggested by Ian McKellen. So, I, uh, as I mentioned before, this was the, the last film that I got a chance to see with my late wife, Dorothea. Uh, fantastic uh, uh, way way to uh, um, uh, kind of bookend things because I think uh, while it, while Lord of the, while um, the the Return of the King wasn't the first film we saw, it was definitely something that she encouraged me to see, and she actually got me to read the first of the uh, of the books. I didn't ever really got into the the next part of the books. So um, with that in mind, uh, let's continue on with some more. Of the music from *The Lord of the Rings: A Return of the King*, as we're celebrating the the twentieth, yes, twentieth anniversary. Makes me feel old. Uh, Jason, does it make you feel old? It makes me feel decrepit. <laughs> considering, Girl. considering that I was, oh, I, 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 I'll get my I'll
2: get my walking stick out, and the Zimmer frame. Sure. I need to stop looking that those. Goodness <laughs> me, twenty, twenty, twenty years. Yeah. I can't believe it! Unbelievable. I'm
1: just, I, I, I am, I am in in complete awe that uh, this is, uh, uh, you know, twenty years have passed since uh, since seeing these these films, and you know, and and it's just, mm. uh, I know, but I, they haven't.
2: I, know, I, I remember seeing the first bit of Politevich two in a shop in Canterbury, like a year, couple of years before they came out, and I thought this is going to be big, and how right I was. This that's like twenty two years ago. Yeah. And if first
1: was a whale, these tunes were coming out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, the, the thing here, and we're going to move on to the the next portion, of uh, the next disc number three. And um, so, yeah, um, enjoy. And uh, we'll be back to, uh, I, well, there's still another, an- another disc to play. So uh, here's some more music from the... Uh, Uh, from the Lord of the Rings Return of the King as we are, like I said, celebrating 20 years of the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings films. So we'll be back in just a little bit. a little bit more music from the 2003 film that's The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. It's music, of course, by Howard Shore. Now, we're going to address something, the elephant in the room here, that uh, the many endings of, of The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, and I remember seeing it in the theater, and at one point, people were starting to chuckle as to how much... The film kept ending and then ending again and then ending again and then ending again, and it was just there was there was quite a few endings. So, um, your thoughts, Jason?
2: Yes, I probably the reason for the chuckling was I think people at dying could have had their seats after sitting there <laughs> for three and a half hours. we are not be surprised. Well, I can understand narratively the, the ending because it it, can, it works out. You know, I know about listening, listening to the whole, all the music yesterday It's like 30 minutes of music. You know, the, the battle's ended we've got 30 minutes of music to go. Right. Because he is 11, is a, it's a, it's an 11 minute end title sequence as well. Yes. And credit sequence on there. But, you know, it, they had to address, you know, everything settled down. Like, you know, Aragon was now the, the proper king. He had his coronation. Right. He did his little song. And then we had to see the hobbits come home, and then there was always there's always that thing about Frodo, was you know he, he's in touch with the ring, you know he was never the same. So it all worked, it works out quite well. It works out that the endings needed to be there. Yes, they may have, they may probably needed to probably shorten them more for the theatrical release. Maybe probably people with a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, achy bums at that point. I'm sure <laughs> wanted to leave. I'm sure, but but. But apart from that, particularly the endings of um, the, the endings on the extended the extended edition, I've got no qualms about it. And and it, it is Howard Shaw more excuse to really have a kind of lo- lovely way to end to end this huge like ten hour. Ten hour a piece. Precisely, it, it works out, and it, it's not it's not the first point. The first one, it, it, it worked with worked with uh, Avengers Endgame. We could say it's a similar thing to that. How that ended? There's more, the multiple endings, but it, it needed, you know, things had to be like the eyes crossed and the, the t, you know, the t's dotted. You had everything had to be done that way. <laughs> i know that, i know that i'm way around you
1: know what you know what i mean yeah yeah but, yeah I, I know what you mean so it, i am just gonna I'm, I'm just gonna leave it out there that it, it, Pete, it, you heard what it, you heard
2: it, it's 20 to 7 in the morning
1: <laughs> all right well on the on that note we're getting very close to the to the end and we've got a lot of a lot of stuff i'd like to get in but um, um So I'm going to continue on with some more music from the return of the King as we are now on disc four of the complete recordings as we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings films. So I'll be back in just a little bit and we'll wrap up the show. A little bit of music from the Lord of the Rings: The Return of the King. That's music, of course, by Howard Shore. We're getting close to our wrap-up, but uh, I just wanted to ask Jason for some uh, uh, a little bit of uh, of what's coming up. You you do a sh- you do other shows other than mine, so uh, let me know what uh, what you got coming uh, up.
2: Well, hello, everybody. It's Sam Vejo. Recently, I just got the second part of my latest archive show up online, which features music from. Some great films like the Red Canvas and some more moods from the Oval, amongst some other good stuff. I've also got some interviews coming up from Austin Wintry, which I'm finishing editing as we speak—not literally, but you know what I mean. Right. Uh, also, also we're working on uh, also talk to Bruce Broughton, so that'll be coming up soon, and I've got a couple more interviews on the pipeline as well, as well as and also we're doing some doing some stuff together tomorrow on. the... A certain film, which is very similar to Lord of the Rings, ah. it's has been written a talking world, which we will <laughs> we will, will do with later. But as I said, I've got I've got plenty to get on with, and there's plenty more stuff coming soon for me on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network.
1: Awesome. So that's all for us this week. Uh, thanks for hanging in, those that did. But before I end off today's show, I hope as you're getting on with your day that you realise just how awesome you are. Never let anyone tell you any different. And if you're ever feeling not right, there are people out there that care about you and are willing to chat. If not family, then some professional who can help. As Rocky said, nobody hits harder than life. I know from personal experience how hard it is for me to sit behind this mic week after week when I feel like no one's listening. I would never have made it this far without the support of a huge team of people behind me. If you or someone you know is in crisis and that needs help, resources are available, In case of emergency, please call 911 for immediate help. The Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention, Depression Hurts, and Kids Help Phone at 1-800-668-6868 all offer ways of getting help if you or someone you know may be suffering from mental health issues. So join me next week as we conclude the month of the ring, a celebration of the 20th anniversary of the Lord of the Rings, with some odds and ends uh of the lord of the rings including some video game scores and other surprises so i'll end off this week's uh, show with some more music from the lord of the rings return of the king jason thanks again for being on the show
2: absolute pleasure as always really enjoyed really enjoyed tonight very good as always
1: and i'll be back next week with more visions in sound
0: It shows a calling. You would die.